Hey there, it's Joycelyn Wells with Joy Exposed and it's nine o'clock, Wednesday, January 26th. Hey, I've been thinking about this all day. I don't know why. I don't have anything planned. Hey there, McGator, other than our amazing guest at about 9.15, so I'm looking forward to him, um, see you guys to meet him. Um, so let's get started. Three cheers of joy, three moments of self-celebration that have nothing to do with anyone but you. Brought to you by Queen's Ransom, alcohol-infused products, and premium liqueurs. So, hey, hey. All right, so let's go. Three cheers of joy. My first cheer of joy. This is week four of my personal trainer. Yes, I see the difference. I can feel the difference, too. I'm getting stronger every freaking day, even when I'm ugh, not in it. I'm still in it. So week four, I'm really proud. Um, that's my first cheer of joy, so cheers to that. My second cheer of joy is that last Saturday, I got to attend um, a guided meditation via Zoom. And I love the guy, the shaman who holds the guided meditations. And I've been one time in person but it's so intense, right? So, and his studio is far away. Um, so I just kind of went on a limb and went via Zoom and it was still equally as amazing. So cheers to guided meditation from last Saturday. Cheers to that. And it's so funny that I did the guided meditation via Zoom and I've really been in like, a zone all week. I've been chill. I felt good. I felt reassured. It's amazing just the level of energy you can receive even in a Zoom session. Now I could see him and uh, hear him, of course, but my camera was off so he couldn't see me, but I could definitely see him. And it was so awesome. It's just during the time that I could. Um, and you just, if you've never gone to a guided meditation before, give it a try because it's Everything you want it to be, everything you need it to be, that's exactly what it is. That's it right there. Okay, my third cheer of joy. Um, let's see, four weeks of working out and um, guided meditation um, and work. My business, cheers to me and my business. It's growing. Cheers to that. I've got two um, manuscripts that I'm reading right now, and I both have my goal is to have them both done by tomorrow. So, two new manuscripts that means two new clients. Well, one repeat client and one new client. So, really excited about that. Just had some great conversations um, with some people about their writings and events and opportunities. So, those are my three cheers of joy for the week. The first one is four weeks of working out. The second one is the guided meditation. And the third one is my business is growing. So cheers to all of that. Thanks to our official sponsor, Queen's Ransom LLC. And if you order you something from Queen's Ransom, don't forget to use coupon code QueenJoy to save you 15 to 20%. And I say 15 or 20% because I can't remember if it's 15 or 20%. So, but anyway, at least 15, you're going to save. All right. So let's move on to we'll do social media of the week. Before we get to social media post of the week, let me tell you guys, 
I don't know the energy I was giving off past weekend, but Faceless Love was like, we're going out. <laughs> so we talked about going out Saturday night, but I I chilled all day because meditation has me really zonked out. Like I was on something. That's how I feel afterwards. Like I'm so relaxed. So I chilled all day. But when I got up Saturday night about 10, I was up like, let's go do something, you know. And he started the conversation, but he was BSing. I was real. So on Sunday, we decided to go out to um, Cigar Bar, smoke a cigar, because it's cold outside. And, and and other than it's cold outside is that we haven't really been out. You know, we're very comfortable. You know, you get older, you get really comfortable in your own space. So we're really comfortable. Anyway, so we go to Cigar Bar. As soon as we get in there, it's a lot of people. So we're like, well, dang, you know, we're not going to have anywhere to sit. Um and then we were getting ready to go into the humidor to select a cigar, and he saw someone that he knew. And so that's how it started. We go in, we get a cigar, we come out, and we sit at this table with these beautiful, these beautiful people, beautiful couples, and they're just sitting there talking, chilling. So we a scooter made room for us. They scooted over. We pulled in, you know, sat down and everything. And we sat in there and talked and laughed and smoked cigars and I drank wine. And remember, I haven't really been drinking during the week. Maybe a little glass, maybe. But on Sunday, I knew I was drinking because it was a cheat day <laughs> and that was my rest day. So there was no exercise and I could cheat. So I ordered a bottle of wine. Everybody else have cocktails. I'm sitting there drinking my wine, trying to get everybody to drink it. We sat in that place until it closed. Now, literally closed. It, it was like 30, 40 minutes after it closed, we were still in there. And they were like, y'all don't have to go home, but y'all got to get the hell out of here. So we ended up getting outside. We left there. We left and we get in the parking lot and they're like, well, let's go to here. Let's go to this place. So we went to another place and ended up shutting that shit down too. But anyway, it was so much fun and such great people and I was so excited because I had not been out in a long time and I had such a good time, such fun ladies, high spirited ladies laughing, just having a great time. It was dope as hell. I'm glad we went. The funny thing is we get in the car to drive from one cigar bar to the next. I can't find my freaking cell phone. Like I'm literally like, babe, I left my cell phone in the cigar bar. So he turned around, he go back, he go to the door and they like, man, what's up? My girl left her cell phone. They was like, we cleaned the table with no cell phone. So <laughs> he's calling my cell phone. Well, I'm in the car. I see my name come up on the dash, right? He's calling my phone. And I'm like, wait, how, what? I couldn't understand why my phone was ringing in the car. So he finally gets in the car and I'm like, somebody has my phone. It's ringing in the car. Like I can see it. And he was like, babe, that's because your profile is in the car. So if, it, if it's ringing there, the phone has to be somewhere in the car because the car's system picked up your location of your phone. So I'm like, but I can't find it. So he gives me his phone. He drives off. I'm telling him, okay, somebody has my phone because I'm looking at the look, find my on, because he has my location. I'm looking at find my on his phone. Listen, we done went through this whole thing about my damn phone and it was in between the seat and the console. <laughs> all this tech, but between all the wine 
And being tipsy, I could not figure out where the phone was. I just felt like somebody had my phone and they were going to the same place as us. I was laughing. My Once I realized what had happened or what was happening, I was laughing my ass off. I was like, oh, here it is right here. So he is out. No, we got to the other cigar bar. This is when I figured my phone is down there. So I'm looking for, I stick my hand in it. <laughs> stuck my hand down and got it. He's still outside of the car. I get the new cigar bar calling it. So I pull it up and it's ringing. It's on, um, the, um, it's quieted, you know, the, my ringer's off. So I look at the phone. I see, I answer the phone. I'm like, hello, he, hello. He came to the door. He's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Hello, get out of the car. <laughs> I was so blasted. I was like, I can't party like this often. I have got to get out more. I got to do more. But man, it was so funny. So we left there. We got to the other cigar bar. We immediately ordered food. We sat in there. We talked and laughed some more. And then it was time to go home. All of this happened. And I was home by 10 o'clock. <laughs> it wasn't even late as hell. It, wasn't, it felt like it was 2 or 3 in the morning. 10 o'clock. Home. 10.30, I had already showered and was climbing into bed. <laughs> I was like, oh, what happened to my party days when I could party all day? I mean, party all night, drink all night, dance. COVID has made me a very lazy partier. But anyway, it was fun to say the least to get out of the house because I needed to get out of the house. We needed to hang out. And I met some great people. You can't knock that. Speaking of meeting great people, I met this family this guy there he came over white guy was asking us if we were going for the chiefs and i was like it don't matter to me you know i'm just here i'm here for the wine and the cigars you know laughing whatever turns out he tells us that he financed a movie called the curse of the patasola let me let me tell you the exact name of it because i want you to go watch it i watched it i mean it's a low uh low budget the curse of la patasola and it's a kind of supposed to like a little horror movie talking about an old um, wives tale comes to life pretty much. And I watched it. It was pretty decent. Now I don't watch a lot of movies like that, but I was impressed because somebody said, you know, they part financing of a movie. That's like dope. And especially for me, because I need financing for my movie. So I was like, that's dope. I'm writing a screenplay. And he was like, you are. And I said, yeah. I said, I'm working on one, another one, but I have one from my own personal books that I'm writing and I need financing from that. And he was like, oh, I'd love to read it. He started telling me about the other people that he worked with on this team and a couple of names that we recognize. And then we exchanged numbers so I could send him my book and stuff. And um, then we've been texting like all week. And the guy that he wants me to meet, the executive producer, he set up a call for us. So it was really, Sunday was a great day for me. You know, I got out and to network. That's when I realized I haven't done a reading since before COVID. I haven't done a reading. I haven't really worked and been out networking just because of safety concerns, but I'm ready to go and work now. I'm ready to set up a reading. I'm ready to have an event. I'm ready. I'm ready. So I got to get back in the swing of, you know, doing some work, try to make me some money. Put me some stuff together. So anyway, Sunday was really cool. I know that was kind of off the script, but uh, it was really a great time. We 
had a blast. I have not laughed that much in a long time. So that was dope. All right. So let's look at the Facebook social media post of the week brought to you by stmspecialties.com as always. Now, here's one I saw earlier. Oh, no, that's the one from my guest. And I thought it was really cool. Is that it? Oh, no, that's not it. Dang. Me looking through these things, right? Did I not screen save it? Maybe I didn't save it. If that's the case. Well, I'm going to read this one because I did save this. Oh, you know, I tried to give away some um, ballerina tea. It's a ballerina. It's a weight loss tea, I think. And um, I have it. And I my daughter recommended it because she likes it. But it makes me nauseous. Like, ugh, not even like it makes me go to poop. It just makes me feel nauseous. So I think I'm allergic to something in it. Anyway, I tried to give it away. Didn't nobody even want the damn tea. So um, I finally found somebody that wanted, and uh, I'm going to save it to give it to them. And let's see. Okay, here's a good one that came across again, and I chuckled reading it. But I know I've read this before, and I'm going to read it again. It said, oh, damn, this still doesn't it. It says, um, uh, from this, I pulled it from Instagram, from Yolanda Wisenson. It says, one. It is important that a man helps you around the house and has a job. Two, it is important that a man makes you laugh. Three, it is important to find a man you can count on and doesn't lie to you. Four, it is important that a man loves you and spoils you. All those sound great, right? And five, it is important that these four men don't know each other. It's still one of my favorites. Every time I see it, I just giggle it. I giggle because it is hilarious. But yeah, so that's one of my social media posts of the week. And let me find the other one. Or let me find one more because I guess I didn't screenshot the one. Nope, I did that one for last week. I guess I didn't screenshot the one um, I saw earlier. Oh, well. Oh, yeah, that was I saw that one and kind of laughed. It said no sex until your birthday. When will you have sex? You know, those kind of things are kind of funny because they'll say you get arrested on New Year's. You can't get out to your birthday. You know, all of those. So um, there's a lot of neat little things out there. And. um, uh, So then we have to, um, you know, play those little games and stuff sometimes. Well, it's time. Ah, it's 9.15 and our special guest is here. His name is Greg R&B. He's a singer. He's good looking. He's an entrepreneur. He runs all his own Facebook group. He really has it going on. And I was just very excited that he would give us some time to come on and speak with us tonight. So let me introduce him. Greg R&B, are you ready? Let me pull him up. Look, I'm saying that like he gonna pull himself up. Y'all know he waiting on me, me and my computer issues. Here we go. How's it going? How's it going? Hey there, it's going well. How are you? I'm doing really good. Um, I was just over here eating some popcorn. Nice, getting ready for the show, the Greg show. Getting ready for the show. <laughs> Man, I'm gonna tell you, I had such a good time reading through your website. You have such a dynamic story. But before I get into asking you some questions and stuff. Why don't you share a little bit about yourself with our audience and let's just get it going. 
Uh, well, you know, it's a lot to share. So, but you know, Greg R&B, R&B singer. Um, I was born in Rochester, New York, but I grew up um, in Fort Pierce, Florida, where I came to uh, Atlanta maybe about five years ago, um, and started pursuing my career in R&B. But before that, I had been um, involved in music, entertainment for like, you know, maybe a very long time, you know, from a lot of different aspects, you know, as a songwriter, uh, a rapper, a, pro a producer, you know, a studio owner. Uh huh. Um, yeah. Okay, I got it. So you and I saw that in your I saw that in your website. It's like he has such a diverse background, and I also saw just from social media that you run your own trucking company too. Yeah, I run my own trucking company. I got into um, trucking when I came to Atlanta, uh, and you know, actually, when I moved from Florida. I had, you know, I had a clothing store in Florida, so I wasn't really used to working like that. So when I came to Georgia, I was looking to take on a new lifestyle, you know, so I started working. Right. And uh, in my search for, for work, I just can't start coming across just so much trucking jobs and, you know, they was paying $2,000 a week and $1,500 a week. And I'm like, man, I, I need to be making that kind of money. I know. <laughs> right. Right. So, I, I you know, but uh, at the time, I didn't have a driver's license. My driver's license was suspended um, in Florida. So I had to go through the process and end up um, going to trucking school and getting the CDL and, you know, what did intentions to become a trucking owner mm -hmm. you know i drove for other companies for about two years well about a year and a half you, you know close to two years and then i branched out and started my own trucking company up i, I got enough knowledge yeah you posted on social media i screenshot i want to read it and it was just so mind blowing just because of the honesty of what you said. You said, um, five years ago, I came to Georgia with two garbage bags of clothes, a suspended license and $200 in my pocket. Started out as a warehouse worker, but the most high promoted me to an owner of three businesses because I didn't give up, stay motivated. That's like a dream story, you know, cause so many people get stuck in a space. What is it about Greg R&B that just, you didn't get stuck in the space. What is it about you? Well, you know, honestly, you know, I I, I have a different kind of motivation, and um, it's you know, self and God motivated. Um, number one, so you know, like I said, it was some hard times. Uh, well, I didn't even say it in the post, but like mm -hmm. I talked to somebody in my inbox because they came to me and they told me that the, the post encouraged them, but. I told him, like, I didn't even tell him about the time when I lost everything, like, because I ended up getting my driver's license in Atlanta, you know, ended up getting an apartment, got me a car. And um, 
seemed like everything just turned around and went for the worst. You know, I got evicted out of my apartment in uh, Atlanta. Um, I ended up going to a rooming house. You know, I couldn't afford to pay my car note. My car got repossessed. Um, I got evicted out of the rooming house, you know, and end up at the homeless shelter downtown with with my two same plastic bags. Actually, I had three plastic bags, but I ended up having to leave one of them at the homeless wow. shelter. So I ended up with two plastic bags again. And, again. Um, yeah. and I called a friend of mine who I had met from a Facebook group. And um and I told her a little bit about my situation, and she sent you me an Uber to bring me over, and uh and and uh you know you know lo and behold like help me you know get a uh, start up with uh, Airbnb paying daily daily pay, and um and uh, I would uh at that point in time because the type of person I am, I react I think better under pressure mm. you know I, I put on a good performance under pressure like it so i'm the opposite of the way a lot of other people are a lot of people fold under pressure but me i turn up the heat under pressure okay so with me not having nothing what i did is i went i got i went to a daily pay uh found out about the daily pay places around the town Signed mm -hmm. up with the daily play daily pay places and got up every morning five o'clock in the morning four o'clock in the morning and went to any job that was paying yeah. in order to be able to continue to pay my twenty five and thirty five dollar a day Airbnb right. and with the type of drive I had I made my payments on time and so well that me and the homeowner became friends and he took. The house off of Airbnb, and we became roommates. Wow! And uh, and I ended up staying with him for two years. Wow, that's that's amazing. And you said something else in there that I just remember reading because I reading in preparation for a book that I'm writing. You said when you're under pressure, that's when you go hard. When times are hard, that's when you go in, and that's. That that's one of the things that keep people from being great, keep people from getting to self-actualization because you can never, you can't keep working when you're not hungry. You know, so when people get content, they stop, right? So you get content, you get, seems like you get to a level, but it seems like for you, you did that a couple of times, but then you realize I'm not going backwards. So there's not a time for me to be content. I've got to grind like this every day. Right. You yeah. know, and, and then, you know, uh, I, I was, was looking at Les Brown. He said something, or another motivational speaker, and they were saying, in order to be something that you, you know, you've never been, you have to become something that you, you know, something brand new. Yeah. So um, I said, I'm not going back to Florida, you know. Mm -hmm. So, like, uh, I had to become something brand new. So like, uh, and that's what I did. You know, I, I didn't know anything about trucking. I never drove a stick shift vehicle in my life. And um, I was actually timid, you know, when it came down to putting me in the driver's chair mm -hmm. to drive a stick shift vehicle. I, I bucked up against it, but uh, my trainer, who name is David uh, Richardson, you know, rest in peace. Um, he, he had a massive heart attack last year. Mm 
Wow. Um, but um, he he coached me and uh, got me my first job driving trucks. And um, he told me, you know, Greg, you got to make sure you master the hardest thing first, because after you master the hardest thing, everything else becomes easy. Right. So, so that right there, you know, stuck with me and is going to always stick with me, you know, because he was such a great man. And, you know, he's in heaven now. But um, I, I've, I've actually lived by that. You know, I've never been afraid to, 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 to uh, I've never been afraid of the mud. So mm -hmm. uh, because I always had enough faith in myself that if I ever hit the mud, I always, you know, I knew the blueprint to getting back to the to the ceiling. Right. Right. So, and, uh, and, and, you know, so I always, you know, whenever times get hard, that's when I turn up the heat, I think the most or, but, you know, that's not the only time because, you know, now, you know, like you said before, bigger goals and the more you just become more goal orientated, it's like you feed the flame. Mm -hmm. A person to feed that flame, that same flame of hunger at the bottom, goals create that same kind of determination. Yes, exactly. Because you can see something different. You know, you know, there's something more than what you've had. You because you can see it. You just need to get to it. And that I, when I see your posts and see your promotions for your ever your concerts, and I see your your dress, your outfit, your stance, your boldness. And I'm like, this is a man who knows he who he is and he knows that he's going somewhere or he has somewhere to go. I love that because you're so, I'm here, you blinged out. You got your, your coats draped in your coats. I'm like, look at him. He is all that. Hey, well, you know, I thank you so very much. And, you know, I've always appreciated your support. And, um, it's you know great to be on your show, um, and you know like is this uh, like you gotta have a. Uh, I went through a relationship that you know didn't work out, and uh, when that relationship didn't work out, you know I had to find myself again. Mm -hmm. So because sometimes we get lost in relationships, you know we get lost in people. A lot of times, a lot of times we get lost in people. A lot of times we get lost in people. And then after they depart, we have to find ourselves again. Um, so uh, after, you know, uh, I had to find myself, I think, for almost like the first time. Like, so it was like it turned out to be a miracle that it ended because it put me in the place to where I had to do a lot of self-reflection. And when I reflected a lot, that's when I I really I gained the confidence. Mm. Um, so a lot of you know what I've become is you know uh, what, what was given birth to from you know a bad you know uh, heartbreak I say because it wasn't yes. a bad separation. It just was heartbreaking, you mm. know, on my behalf because. I was under there a wrong impression mm. um, in which that happens to a lot of us. Uh, oh, absolutely. You know. Yeah. And I know that it, I, I talked about this earlier in that we always have to find the thing to fuel the thing that's our gift. 
And it sounds like you found yourself in trucking. That thing is the thing that fuels your gift of music. Right. Oh, that's yeah. That's like your passion. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because music, I've been doing music and it's always been my passion. But you can't be broke doing music like it. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, because then you're a slave to somebody else saying, yeah. Or somebody mm -hmm. else saying, oh, yeah, you know. And, like, that's a position of weakness. Right. And um, a lot of artists, they, they get into the music business in a position of weakness, and then they don't like what they what they get, you know, in the long run. You know, they complain about it. You know, like a lot of artists complaining about the music industry right now with the bad deals that they, that they got, and they're not making any money. But they came at it in the position of weakness. They was broke. And they wanted so, the money. So and, they, they and, they want, and they wanted the money. Yep. You know, and then like when you broke fifty thousand dollars, a hundred and twenty, two hundred thousand dollars seemed like a lot of money when you yep. broke. Um but after you done ran through a half a million dollars, now you're looking at two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, like, man, what's that? Yeah. You know, so like it's levels to the whole, it's a, to money, it's levels to everything. Like the more money you make, the more, uh, what seems like a lot to people, it seems like it'd be like nothing to you. Like, uh, you know, my bills, like I was, my, you know, a lot of my expenses is money. Like, you know, um, I could probably pay like three or four people. <laughs> expense, rent. Just with yours. Yeah. You know what I mean? With, with, with uh, some of my expenses, like, but, that's a part of making money, you know, right. you, you know, you know, but then you, you know, as a business person, you got to know how to also budget your lifestyle, you know, uh, you know, not live above your means and stuff like mm -hmm. that also. Right. Cause it, and it's hard. I think the people in the industry, when you get to see people living these elaborate lives and somebody's working this job, $15, $20 an hour, they're trying to live and live a lifestyle similar to that. If you're not fueling something else, bringing some more money in, it's not happening. It's, it's really, and I've lived, I mean, I've lived in that cycle of paycheck to paycheck. To, I've lived in that cycle of paycheck for years. And then it took me a long time to realize, wait a minute, I really need to have some money coming in from other places. I've got to, what do I need to do and how do I figure this out? And that's when I realized that the job I had is supposed to be fueling the dreams I have so that I can get more resources coming in and not get lost in, you know, just that um, contentment of paycheck to paycheck. There has to be some evolution in that. Oh yeah, it can't be done with um, one income. It just can't be done. Like, um, you know, nobody who's wealthy is wealthy off of one income, you know. True. That's you true. Know. Or either, you know, once they become, not, you know, nobody's wealthy that's wealthy off of one income because once mm -hmm. you, you make money, you know, if you're smart and financial literate, it comes natural to become an investor. Mm -hmm. So, you know, then, you know, to have your money working for you and absolutely. you know and growing yes i totally so like, absolutely yeah. yeah yeah so like yeah you know we we definitely uh we we over there also um but yeah my 
trucking has definitely fueled and is the fuel uh, to my, you know, uh, record company, uh, Hits on Fire. Yes, because I was about to ask you that. You have your own label, too. So not only are you a performer, entertainer, you own your own label. Yes, I, I have a record label. It's called Hits on Fire. And we have we we got a few artists. Yeah. Um, we got we got Trey, Trey Vicetti. He's from out of Rochester, New York. Then we got uh, Shafi Davis. Go by the name of Shafi the Chef. He he lives in Dallas, Texas. Yeah. And we 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 working and um we looking to launch their project projects real soon. Oh, that's awesome. And then you have, you do your own concerts. You just released an album, a, couple, a new album a couple months ago. Uh, I think it was Bad Baby. What was the song I was listening to? Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, yeah that's, that, was the, that was the single. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we released Bad Baby last year. And we got, mm -hmm. um, this year, we get ready to release some singles. Um, we, get, we got Exotica. Then we got uh, Wet the Sheets. Cause uh, music has drastically changed. <laughs> Look, ooh. So, um, so I want to. I want to definitely be able to reach a lot of different audiences. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I even have some southern. I have a southern soul. Some southern soul songs. Like I got oh, southern wow. soul. I got trap R and B. I got um. I got R and B contempor contemporary R and B. So you know when they call me Greg R and B. That's the reason why they call me Greg R&B because we can do multiple different versions of R&B. Right. Yes. And I saw that you were saying that you're a mix of the old, what you think about the old R&B, and you blended with all the new stuff to give it its own sound that's representative of you. Right. Right. Yeah. And and you know, okay. and I, I definitely, like you said, you know, um, we got those '80s and '90s vibes records. Uh, you know, because I love that, that, you know, that's that's how that's the era, you know, that I come yeah. from. So um, we, we, you know, I, I take pride in trying to produce and producing those same type of vibes and energy <clears throat> and music. <clears throat> because. um, And then, like, I, I want to touch on real quick, you know, based on the statistics of the uh, reports from uh, music music uh, sales and streams from last year, um, older catalogs like was responsible for maybe about sixty to seventy percent of streaming. Right. It just takes something to one old song to hit, and the whole the album is now at the top of the charts again. It's crazy the power right. in that. Right. So what? So this is what happened. A lot of a lot of people, a lot of older people are now creating their iTunes accounts. Well, last year, it's going into when, when, the, when, the, uh, when the pandemic and, with, you know, locking us in the house. So what happened is a lot of grown people signed up to streaming services mm -hmm. and, and started listening to the older music and some of the older catalogs and older stuff. So what, what happened is it 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 wind up um like overhauling last year and from all of the new subscribers and the older subscribers coming in we end up being responsible for 
um, the majority of streams from last year in the music music business. So that was what I, I pay attention a lot to to the news and yeah, um, and the trends, yeah, and the trends because yeah. what what the only thing that says is that um, music is about to change again mm -hmm. because now the music industry they move by the numbers. So what the music industry seeing. And, and now seeing the numbers that older people are now listening to more music, they're going to start making more, putting out more music to cater to us again. Yes. And, and, and so, so that's going to wipe out all of that stuff we've been hearing for the last couple of years. And it's probably going to take about two to three years. Because we got the buying power. So this, this is the, the, that, the generation, the boomers, the Gen Xers, that's the buying power. Like, we want to hear so they want people want the money so it can't just stay on that's the music that's available we need some new sounds out here which puts right. you in a great position because you blend those sounds and you cater to that right. groovy r&b right which, right yeah right. that's yeah. my that's that's my audience the audience that's that's now checking in that's that's my audience like definitely so like that's that's a a great thing for me like you know what i mean in my career because you know, my people, you know, now are, they count mm -hmm. because right. we're, we're, we're the numbers. Yeah. We're in the digital. We're in the, right. in the digital time now. We're not just in the material, the CD, you know, now right. we're, we're digital. So now we've it, gone digital. The generation. See, because it took, a, it took a while for us to catch up. So that's why they've been catering to these kids because the kids been on social media and all the apps yep. and all that stuff forever. And older people have been like, ah. You know, but mm -hmm. pandemic changed all that. Oh, absolutely. Yes, because when, when no when when us older people couldn't go nowhere and was locked in, then we had to do the same thing with the younger people Ooh. was doing and go get right on those streaming service. Yep, that's it. You're absolutely right. Change so the let game. Me, let me ask you this. who are your major influences music wise? Like if you if there had to be the people who influenced Greg R and B, who would they be? Which singers or producers or whatever? Who influenced you the most? Ooh, that's a lot of them. Um, <laughs> but like the first, some of the first was like Sam Cooke, Al mm -hmm. Green, um, and then Keith Sweat, and then um, you know Bobby Brown. Yeah. Uh. So like I, you know, from that real music, Anita Baker, like oh yeah, I was like on Anita Baker, like um, like when I was like a real, my mother couldn't believe that I liked I liked that Anita Baker and was listening to that kind of music when I was like five and six years old. You're legit listening to Anita. Your mom's like, boy, what you know about that? What you know about that? <laughs> you know, yeah, 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 yeah. She caught me singing over. I sung over like Sam Cooke over her uh, preaching tape. And that's how she discovered I, I could sing because back, you know, and uh, she was going back to go listen to her sermon over again and got to a particular part and I'm, and I'm going, I'm going, <laughs> you know, and uh, she started crying because she couldn't believe that I could sing at that age and yeah. when I was singing that old old song, so then you know. You know, I, I love him. You know, I got inspired by hip hop a lot because my mother, she, you know, used to write us raps and stuff. So, you know, a lot of rappers, uh, you know, Rock him, you know, Biggie and Tupac. Um, 
Wait, were you the only, is it just you in the music or you have other family members that love music? You know, like where um, some families are like music families or were you just like the lone one, like I'm gonna do this? Uh, no, my mother, she, um, she's been in music and stuff and she was, at, she had went to prison, but she was about to get a record deal right before she went to prison. She had always been, you know, um, raised us up in music. Um, put me in in the school of music to learn how to play keyboard. So she was really, to be honest with you, um, my mother was like my my role model. Is, you know, she the one that really, my mother inspired me. Um, so she was my greatest inspiration. You know, because if it wasn't for my mom, then I wouldn't. Uh, I would never be introduced to music. You know, the way I okay. did. Um, she the one. Go ahead. Elaine said, uh, remember your mom made that song about Amy Fisher. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, my mother, she my mother, she um she was in locked up in prison with Amy Fisher. You Amy Fisher was like a celebrity prisoner because she had um like killed some uh, man's uh wife and it was like they made it to TV, they made a movie out of it and all that stuff. Yeah. And um and uh, yeah, my mother, she was locked up with her and I guess, you know, got into an altercation with her and ended up going on the TV show. It all kind of stuff. But yeah, so yeah, my, my, my mother, she's an activist and she just okay. always in, found herself to end up on the news. Um, <laughs> so she she's that presence. She's that big personality too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yes, that's where um, <laughs> I learned a lot of it from. You know, my daddy, he, he's the same way, like, he a preacher and uh, just full of energy, charismatic, real, very charismatic, energetic. Well, I love, I love it. I mean, you have just an, uh, an amazing story and just go to Greg's website. It's gregrmb.com. Go to his website, read his story. Just he talks about his brother in there. He talks about his movement from Rochester to Florida, to Atlanta, like he just kind of gives a synopsis of what the road looks like to Greg. Like, what did it look like to get to be in this space and to share the stage and just, well, not even share the stage, to have a huge presence on the stage and entertain crowds. Like, that's got to be so empowering. Like, mm. oh, yeah. Like, um, I, yeah, I grew up in front. I, I used to be shy. My mother used to have to, you know, I used to basically almost just give me a whooping and make me sing because I was so shy to sing in front of people. But um, over time, like, you know, uh, getting in my dad ministry, you know, I end up in front of people again. And so I always ended up in front of people. So, you know, now, you know, I love to end up in front of people. So whenever I get in front of people, it's just like, I transform, like I get that feeling like Michael Jackson used to talk about, like, you know, <laughs> I don't even feel like myself no more once I right. get on that stage and I see them people like people, like, man, you scared of them, you scared. Yeah. Give me that mic. Give it here, yeah. It's, right. it's, that's, you know, the stage presence is something crazy because like right. I, even for me, like I'm real, I'm chill. I love to go have a good time. But when I'm doing a reading or I have an event, and I get ready, it's like, I am, whoa. And something happens because in your mind, you're like, what if they don't like it? What if this is before you get there, you're thinking, having these thoughts, making sure everything's together. And as soon as you hit that stage and you get that mic, it's like, none of that even matters because I'm in my own zone and I'm going to do my thing. 
And that's, that's it. See, what, what I do is um, I already create the zone before I get to the stage. So it's been like times where at least several times where I leave stuff on, I've left stuff on stage because I'd be so caught up in my zone that I forget about that I just dropped my cane and I put my hat or my coat right over there. Like, and I just, you know, ran off the stage because <laughs> I, I, I put myself, I, 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 I'm already sold that they're going to like me before I pick up the microphone. Cause uh-huh. I'm so, so that's, that's already my, my thought process before I even get there. So true entertainer, um, you're a true entertainer. You're, you already have that thought. You're a true entertainer. Yeah, I learned it from my mother. To be honest with you, I got a wow. guy. You know, once again, I get it. Got it. My mother, Joyce Powell. You know, free my mother, Joyce Powell. She um she locked up in Bedford Hills Correctional Facility. You know, anybody that uh you know, looking at this, you know, you go to Google her free, free Joyce Powell's. You know, same name as you, Joyce J O Y C E and. Last name P O W E L L, and you can read a little bit about her story and what she's going through. You know, I got her an attorney. You know, she was unfairly, you know, um, targeted by, you know, a particular county in New York State and uh, given twenty five years of prison. Ooh. And uh, I'm, you know, I had to get her, an, you know, get her an attorney last year, and um, you know, so we we be uh, right now in court, you know, looking to try to get those cases turned around so if anybody you know want to offer any support or you know look at that story and see you know even if you can write the courts for us um okay. you know go to our website freejoycepowell.com uh, oh, political prisoner political prisoner mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah that. yeah okay i will definitely um put that on my um facebook too that's i'll read about that a little bit more and see you know how we can help with that, you know, how to help that cause. So she, your mom is the, she is the presence and you have it. And your father is already, he's a pastor, so he has it. So you were just born gifted into it. Like it's just your thing. Yeah, I can't even lie to you. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was born, I was born into it. Um, I got it honestly, you know, yes. um, you know, my dad, he, you know, he's been married for probably about close to 40 years, you know, with his wife. And, um, you know, he's always taking care of his wife. Um, you know, he's always been a hard work, like a man don't sleep. Um, so, you know, I have a good, I've, I've had a great example when it comes to what a man's supposed to be, you know, and to his wife and family as a provider. So, um, you know, I definitely, you know, give my dad his um, props, you know, because he, he's been a great example in showing me the way and, uh, you know, being a provider. Well, I was going to say that I don't, you don't sleep. There's no way you could sleep for as much work as you do and performing. So you don't sleep much either, do you? Well, <laughs> after, uh, even after after this interview, I'm probably going to take about an hour to nap and then I'll be headed to Florida. So. Yeah. Yeah. Don't. Uh, don't stop. Yeah. Don't stop. But you know that's. Um, I. I. I can't. I can't complain because that's. Um. That's a part of the process. Like if right. you want, you want a lot. You want a lot. You know you can't work a little. Yeah. To gain a whole lot. That's true. So you know. Uh, 
people have to, you know, be conscious of what they desire because some desires require a lot of, you know, getting to it. In yeah, order if to you want it, it. you've got to put in the work for it. You're not going to get it. Uh, you're not going to get it. Get it. you got to put in some work. Uh, you got to put in a whole lot of work. Uh, you know, <laughs> like I, you know, like if you, if you, your person say for instance, you, you know, you're working 40 hours a week for somebody else. When you, when you, when you start working for yourself, that 40 hours that turned into maybe 60 or 80. Boy, I don't even. You know, you know um, if you, if you really get into it, like, um, and so, you know, and then like, wherever your mind is based on your, you know, a person's mindset, that's where the energy comes from to continue mm -hmm. to go. So, right. so like when you was asking me about, you know, the determination is, is a determination is a mindset is what you yeah. tell yourself every day when you wake up in the morning, mm -hmm. I'm gonna succeed. I'm going to win. You know, I'm not going to lose. You know, no matter what, I win at everything that I do. If I'm down now, I'll be up soon. Man. That's the only thing. That's And then you program yourself to never give up. Right. So yeah. that's what I always did when I was broke. You know, I always told so myself. So you create a habit. You created a habit of I'm a winner. That wasn't just in the broke time. Now it's your mantra. It's just a part of who you are. Like. Why not? Right. Like, I know I'm a right. winner. I know I'm great. Yeah. Right. Right. Now it's just to the next level. Now, oh, yeah. I don't want and I don't want this war. I don't want this war. You know, like, what's this guy named um, the um, the famous guy over there that took over Rome? Um, ah, the, 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 man, the, 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 not, uh, not, I can't Caesar. not Caesar. Um, Caesar. He's a bop, almost like a barbarian. Um, well, I don't know. Oh my God, his name gonna come to me in a minute. But um, but yeah, they took over, you know, it, even the Roman Empire, you know, they they went and conquered um, you know, land and land is like so you spread out, you know, the more successful, the more stuff, the more land you conquer, you go conquer more land. You go get, you know, you get bolder and, and you know, now you 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 going over here. So it's like basically, you know. You never want to get satisfied. You know, I don't never want to get satisfied or feel good, get comfortable ever um, until the ultimate goal is reached. But other than that, and then the ultimate goal, you want to make it so huge yeah, and unreachable to your physical eye, but nothing is unreachable to your mental eye. That's, that's right. So you want to make it so huge to where you're prepared to never stop. That's right. Yeah. That's the self-actualization. That's when you reach that space. You that's it. Like it, you've reached greatness, but you've got to stay like you're saying, you know, and you keep moving and you keep that motivation and you're and you're getting there. You're growing there. You're young, you're young. And I said earlier, you're good looking. You talked about dating. So I have to ask some dating questions for my audience. What do you right. think about dating in Atlanta? Now I I'm in your group, so I get to see a lot of your comments, but what do you think about dating in Atlanta? Uh, dating in Atlanta is very disturbing. <laughs> you know, it's, you know, a lot of people experience a lot of success in Atlanta, you know, so you have a lot of people that are very independent. 
So um, I think, you know, with the success and the independence, um, you know, and then the shortage of guys, you know, uh, it just like it just creates a um, obstacles. And um, mm-hmm. but definitely the independence, the independence here creates the biggest obstacles because, you know, when everybody has money, everybody has an ego. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's so much money and ego in Atlanta. You know, and ego is that ego will hurt you every time because it's so surface. Like that ego is you that just want to get past that. You know, you don't want your ego ruling your thoughts. So I can I can understand that because there are a lot of successful men and women in Atlanta, and the women here are like, I can do what I want to do, how I want to do it, and it becomes when you're seeking to date someone, it does present a lot of obstacles. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. And, um, and you know, uh, women, they do what they want to do in Atlanta. So, that's right. you know, um, look, yeah, that look, that's right. And then, you know, <laughs> and, and, and you know, I, you know, I ain't mad at them, you know, for being successful and, and, uh, you know, having it their way, but you know, only thing I just, you know, it just hurts it hurts a little bit because, you know, a lot of guys can't, a lot of successful guys, you know, they can't find, you know, they can't seem to, you know, blend with women that's, you know, equally successful because of you, you the, want, ego thing, the ego yeah, thing. And you want to be, you want to be in a relationship. You want to be married. You want to have a family. You're very vocal about you want those things, and it seems like you should have everything at your fingertips, but that's just not the way that it is. Not oh no, way. like, and that's the crazy part. And it's not that way for a lot of, lot of people. Like, uh, that's in certain spaces, but they just not going to talk about it. Um, but it becomes a little bit more difficult when you reach a certain space, mm-hmm. because then you you become more picky, or, or you you can be picky because then now it requires a certain type of individual, you know, um, you know, everybody can't, you know, come in my home anymore, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, any old anybody, you know, it has to be, you have to be fit to be able to, you know, you have to be, be and it got, it got to make sense. Yeah. Um, You know, so like, ain't no sleeping all day. You know, we got multiple businesses, so like, you, what you, what kind of help, you know, assistance, you know, can provide, you know. So we, you know what I mean, like, so like I said, it just, and then everybody don't have that in them to be yeah. an assistant. And you, you know, need or, like, um, for I would say for you, for me, for people like us, if you're gonna be with somebody. They have to understand, either have to understand the hustle mentality or they have to hustle too. They cannot be a one-stop shop because that doesn't make sense to my mind for a man to have a job. Like, well, what else do you do? Like, like, what else? There's got to be something else. But it took me some time to get there because I didn't understand the hustle in me. So when you meet people... 
like you, you own your business, you're an entertainer, you got your record label, you've got all these different things, you're working on your mom's legal case, you like, you got all these things happening. So if somebody is like, they work like seven to two, and then they sleep all day, you looking like, well, what else you gonna do? And then they want right. you, they want you to do less. So then they're like, "Why you gotta do that? Why don't you stay here with me?" So they want you to do less instead of trying to do more. It's and, and, then, and then that's when it be like, uh -uh. can't even, <laughs> can't, even, can't even do it, you know, you know. So like, you know, like yeah, you just hit some real good points too. <laughs> But it's the truth. I mean, we as you get older, you get into your thing. You got to somebody that got to work. And what what is it they say? You have to be equally yoked, right? So you mm -hmm. you got to work as hard as you. We got to work hard together. You got to work as hard as me or harder than me. But I can't be the one working hard and you chilling, like because then I'm right. like, what else you gonna do with your time? Like, we got stuff to do. So right, right, right. Oh yeah, definitely. Um. You know, and uh, one of the things I was going to say is, see, like, people need to understand that the whole world system, especially the American system, was designed to create slaves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when we're talking about men working, I, I just had put something together for my truck company talking about this also. All of our life, you know, in the kids' life, you know, they teaching you about you could school about Columbus and who you know discovered America. You know, social studies like they teaching you a bunch of stuff that probably you never ever gonna utilize uh, once you get you probably you know some of that stuff we don't even remember after you get get your you know your teenage years and your twenties you, you don't even remember that stuff they taught you in elementary schools so or why they teach us that stuff. I just so, call it the social the socialization of America. That's what the school system does. It's going to teach you. And it's not just in the United States. It's other countries as well. They're going to teach you the things that are relevant to the space in which you live. The key is get out of that space. And that's a parental duty and your duty as an adult. You have to get outside of the space and continue to learn whether that's true or not. Hell, science changes all the time so there's nothing that's there you know nothing's in concrete unless it's a theory and that's still up for question but we're right. not raising thinkers we're just not raising thinkers and, and right I, right and what yeah. one thing I, I touch on is like um financial education mm -hmm. is not taught in black homes and and probably has never been taught in black holes. So that's why you have so many poor of, of us. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and the reason why our mentality towards money is so messed up and we believe in being poor and we, we hate people with money and we feel like if you get money, you, you, you the devil, you know, because of, yeah. you know, you sold the, your soul. You got too much money. You sold your soul. So that, that's because, you know, that's a slave mentality. You know, they didn't, you know, other white people not going around thinking stupid like that. No, because number one, in their homes, they would in their homes in because their they their parents taught them about money that's growing it. up. So that's why they are a lot more successful because they were taught 
what matters yeah. when they went home because their families were business owners and different stuff. So mm -hmm. they was our the, the families was financially already literate. Yeah, we were, yeah. we weren't. We were out there in the in the you know fields of doing whatever you know, give whatever opportunity. You know what I'm saying? So like a uh, um a, that slave mentality it still carries on, and you know, and then we ens now we enslaved to our to money. We enslaved That's to it. poverty. We enslaved to being broke. So, yeah. so many things, a slave, there's so many things about just a slave mentality. When you talk about, heck, beating your kids, not, not creating, not allowing people to think, raising them to think, you know, like all of that stuff is slave mentality. I'm going to beat you until you do what I want you to do the way that I want you to do it. Right. And yeah, I don't, I don't even believe in that because. Um, yeah. Yeah. So there's, I, so many, I, there's so much. It's so much right. trauma. That's it. There's so much and, trauma. And, and, but that's that's how we were raised, like mm -hmm. force by force. You know, yep. you know, you got to force the kid to do the, you know, whoop them or do all that. Like, I, you know, I just don't believe in that. You know, I talked to my daughter, and um, I just believe that um, you know, through love, you know, you get a better reaction. Mm -hmm. You know, um. I listen to somebody who I know love me more than I, I know I would more faster than I would listen to somebody who I felt afraid of. Oh, they're going to hurt. Yeah, they're going to hurt me. I'm not good. If I know they're going to hurt me, I don't want to hear what they got to say. Cause I, I, I don't want to hear what you got to say if I feel like you're out yeah. to get me. Yep. 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 So my parents beating and hitting the fear in the kids, you making them not want to listen to you. They're not going to listen to you. No, they're going to still they're not, sneak out and do whatever. Then, then that's when they become rebellious. So, you know, um, they say, oh, you know, because, you know, how we were taught, we were, you know, back in our days, oh, don't be, you're supposed to be friends with the kids. No, 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 no. But you are. Yeah. You're, you you're are. At least, look, you're supposed to at least like them. Let, you're supposed to like them. And then, <laughs> see, because our, our parents, like, you know, my mother, uh, you know, we ain't even get the chance to, we, you, you can't eat what grown folks eat. If we eat McDonald's, you eating food at the house when we get home. So it was just, you know, old school teaching. Yeah. It was just totally different. It was um, you know, we had to say yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. You had to, you know, um, and which I still do say. And mm -hmm. then it but it was just totally different. And um, but we we turned out, I can't say we turned out so perfect because of that, because we didn't. You know, um, learning, you know, still learning. Kids, people still learn. That's the thing. You got to still learn and find out something different for yourself. And like that's it. You can't you can't stay a child your whole life. You mm -hmm. can't do this because you, you can't be 40 doing this because this is what my mama told me to do. Well, what does life tell you? What have you learned? You know, so right. we have to really pay attention to those moments to grow and just to become better. Look, it's 10 o'clock. I didn't even realize it was so late. <laughs> I'm enjoying talking to you so much. So mm -hmm. this is Greg R&B. You can find him on gregrnb.com. He's also on Facebook. It's Greg R&B Blake. And I'll put his credentials on my page as well. Would you like to add anything before we wrap up? Oh, it was wonderful being on the show. Um, I'll be definitely looking forward to coming back. And um, yes. definitely thank you for the opportunity. You know, anybody want to Follow me, you go on Greg R, the letter N, B.com, and uh, you, you see all my videos and whatever. It's to stay in contact, everybody.
Yes. So thank you so much. And this has been Joycelyn Wells with Joy Exposed. And remember, when joy is exposed, everything just feels better. Mwah. I'll see you next week. Bye.